I'm Olympic and world champion diver, Laura Wilkinson, and this is the Pursuit of Gold podcast. Each week, we are unlocking the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual tools that help athletes reach their biggest goals in sports. Pursuit peeps, today is a special episode. This is the 100th episode of the Pursuit of Gold podcast. I can't believe we've made it this far. So to mark this special occasion, I wanted to tell you about how and why this podcast started in the first place. I'm going to tell you what I've learned from this podcast, the ups and downs along the way, why I want to keep doing it, and what my vision for this podcast is for the future. I also want to thank you for listening. If you weren't here, this podcast wouldn't even exist. By listening and sharing this show with your friends, you make it possible to continue on and impact so many people. So a huge heartfelt thank you for listening and for being here and being a pursuit peep. Well, this is also a brand new year, which means it is the perfect time to start evaluating your skill set and figuring out how you can grow and become an even better athlete in 2024. If you've been wanting to start harnessing your mental game, but you're not real sure where to start, I have the perfect gift for you. I created a free guide with the top 10 mental skills that every athlete must have. And it's not just a list of skills, but it's also a guide and a self-assessment to help you kickstart your journey to confidence. So go grab your free copy over at laurawilkinson.com slash skills. That's laurawilkinson.com slash skills. All right, before we get started on this special episode, make sure you smash that subscribe button and give Pursuit of Gold a five-star review, especially at our 100th episode. We would really appreciate a slew of reviews that would help us build up our confidence going into the next 100 episodes. Please tell your friends about this podcast. Word of mouth is the best and strongest referral and way for us to grow to that next level and continue to bring you more resources, tools, and inspiration. All right. I believe that there's gold in your future. So let's dive on into this episode. To tell you a little bit about how the Pursuit of Gold podcast just started, I got to take you back a few years to 2020. As we all know, 2020 was kind of life altering for people around the globe because we had this massive pandemic. The world seemed to shut down. Everything changed. I had come back in 2017 as a 39-year-old mom of three, almost four at the time. And I was diving again and competing again with big goals and dreams to try to make the next Olympic team. As a mom, went through a series of events leading up to that, trying to bring my fourth daughter home from Ethiopia. We had a lot of challenges with that. So I had to take time away from the pool. Then we finally got that under wraps. Then I found out I had issues in my neck and I was sidelined for a year recovering from an ACDF cervical fusion basically in my neck. I have a nice titanium plate and six screws in my neck still. That took me about a year to recover and get back on the 10 meter from that. Started competing again. And then that's when the COVID pandemic hit. And we were in limbo for a little while until the International Olympic Committee finally decided they were going to postpone the Olympic Games to 2021. And I had been thinking about this for a while. I had helped host a podcast for an awesome organization called Hope Sports that brings athletes together to build houses for the poor in Mexico. And I had done those trips a few times. And so I was hosting a podcast for them and I really enjoyed it. But I wanted to do something more of my own creation with my own vision. This was kind of the time for it. You know, we were sidelined. We had this weird year postponement, no access to facilities. All of us are working out of our homes. We're trying to figure things out. I'm trying to find a way to keep others motivated as well as myself. This was also 
a time where I really didn't have access to any resources. I had an awesome sponsor called OrthoFix who actually created the equipment that I use that's at the plate in my neck and the recovery tools that I use for bone growth stimulation and things like that. But I didn't have any access to resources specifically for like sports psychology or nutrition or strength training or anything like that. Because even though I was a three-time Olympian, I was newly back and not considered on a high performance team or a national team. So I had no funding and no access to the USOC, the United States Olympic Committee or anything like that. So I was kind of flying solo and trying to go based off what I knew and my own experience and my coach. And we'd always kind of done things together, you know, and we'd done some amazing things. You know, you're always hoping that's enough, but I'm at this different stage in life and I need different help. And I really couldn't get answers. And it was hard during that time to get those answers. So I got scrappy because sometimes when we run into obstacles and challenges, they can make us turn around and quit or we can choose to find another way. We can think outside the box. So what I did with my very little experience was I decided to start a podcast and start inviting people on to ask them the questions I had. Bring the nutritionist on and ask the questions. Bring the sports psych on and ask the question. Bring other elite athletes from different sports on and ask them questions. And that's kind of really why I started the podcast. You know, I was hoping it would impact others because I was like, surely if I an elite athlete have these questions, other people must be asking these questions as well. So it was kind of a dual purpose, but honestly, it was a little bit me just getting scrappy and trying to find my own answers. A side note here, I didn't come up with the name. My coach at the time, John Appleman, he had come to us for a couple of years. He was helping out Woodlands Diving with Kinney and then Gabby came in. So it was really, he was an extra awesome coach during that time. And he, we were brainstorming about it and he came up with the name Pursuit of Gold. And I was like, John, are you going to use that for anything? Because that is absolutely the essence of what I feel like my journey has been and what I want this to be for both myself and others. Because for me, it was the pursuit the pursuit of gold, right? So we have these big goals, these big ambitions of greatness, like Olympic gold or a world championships or some kind of amazing title or these things that drive us forward to work hard and do amazing things. But really it's about the pursuit and who we become in that process. Because as I often say to people, like I went to three Olympic games, but I only brought home one medal, but it didn't make the other two Olympics failures or regrets, or I wish I hadn't gone after it. Like, no way. I had amazing experiences won world titles in the process, did a lot of amazing things, pushed the limit, like raised the bar for women in my event. Like so many things happen that maybe it didn't have a gold medal at the Olympics around my neck for it, but amazing things did happen. And it made me who I am and formed me on my journey. So we can't forget it's that pursuit. We always hear it's the journey, not the destination, but this is very similar. It is about the pursuit and we have to keep that in the forefront of our mind because yes, the goal is worth pursuing because sometimes we do achieve those amazing things. But that pursuit in the process of achievement is where you become who you want to be. That is what sticks with you long after sports are over. So thank you, John Appleman, for letting me steal your amazing name of Pursuit of Gold, which has become my podcast and now my company because now I'm doing mindset and performance coaching as well and lots of other fun things. And so to keep going from there, I really think I did start to get fulfilled from this podcast. I mean, I was getting all my questions answered. People were starting to listen and also being inspired and learning things and making cool changes and asking me to bring other people on. And so I continued to do it. 
I've learned a lot from it. I got more competitive going into 2021. Like it was kind of up and down. I had struggled with consistency on doing this podcast. So I've definitely, and then after I did the Olympic trials in 2021, I kind of picked it back up and then I put it back down again because I didn't know what I was doing. So I feel like my journey through this podcast to a hundred episodes has really been me learning about myself and what I'm going to do and how do I navigate not just competing at an excellent level again, but also who am I becoming post-diving again? And I've been through this before. I retired from diving and tried to figure out who I was. And a lot of times for elite athletes, learning who you are outside of your sport is really difficult. We wrap our identity up into what we do and not just who we are. And it's an easy thing to get mixed up in and hard sometimes to forget, even though maybe you know who you are, you haven't really been in touch with that person. Sometimes that's a really difficult time, but it's a beautiful struggle at the same time because you kind of have to go through this weird mud, <laughs> you know, to kind of trudge through to the other side to find out who you are beyond just competing in your sport. And it's not always an easy journey. It's usually not, it hasn't been for me an easy journey, but I love it because sometimes it takes a different shape than I would have expected. When I retired in 2008, I just wanted to be a mom, but that wasn't happening right off the bat. So I had to find other things. I had to try things and fail at things and figure out, hey, I really don't like this or I'm good at this, but I don't like it at all. Or, hey, I really enjoy this, but I'm terrible at it. Should I try and get better? Is this worth it? But it's hard because when you have been at such a high level in your sport to then start over at zero and something else is really, really difficult. And especially when you've been in sports and you have had a coach and a team and a support system, and then all of a sudden you're done and you feel very alone. You know, it has reminded me that as you transition in and out of sport, you know, and even if you're just sidelined for a little while or taking a little break, make sure you have that support system around you. Somebody kind of coaching or mentoring you to guide you that you have family or close friends that can support you through the ups and downs because there will be ups and downs, you know, and just that you can give yourself some grace to try and fail at something. Remind yourself you are a beginner at this new thing that you're trying and it is okay to fail again because that's how you started in your sport. Nobody started day one as an Olympic champion or a world champion. We start as day one as a beginner and we work our way through uh, trying and failing. We work our way up to mastery. And so that's the same thing in every avenue of life. So we have to offer ourselves a little bit of grace, but at the same time, take the lessons we learned in our sport into what we're doing next. I've learned that a lot with this podcast as well. Like I just mentioned, consistency. I've struggled with consistency in this because I didn't know what I was doing in it. I started doing this because I was getting scrappy. I was trying to get my own support, my own answers, my own resources, you know, and then I wanted to give that to other people as I was navigating my way out of the sport, but I didn't know what my role in that was. And so being a little confused and lost myself, I wasn't consistent in this. And so I'm realizing, well, when I do my sport, how do I get really good? It's not like I just show up and can do phenomenal things. It's doing the little things, the building the basic foundation every single day, day after day after day, doing the things sometimes you don't always want to do, right? The boring, sometimes mundane or just really intricate things that people don't always like to do, but like building that base so that you can do these phenomenal things in the long run. And so I've tried to start doing that 
within this podcast get better at scheduling and planning out and batching things. And, you know, I'm, I'm still a work in progress and I'm still figuring it out, but I love that I'm learning to do that with this podcast so that I can also be consistent for you and keep bringing you amazing people and resources and inspiring stories so that you can stay motivated and reach your greatness to pursue gold in your life, whatever that gold, whatever your gold is at the end, whatever you're shooting for. And I'm learning that in my business too, as I'm just a year into coaching mindset and performance, doing different things from one-on-one coaching to courses and workshops to showing up and speaking in person. You know, I'm I'm learning what that is too. And I'm starting to implement these same things in there as well. I'm, I'm getting it better at planning and logistics and just the foundational things because I have to build that foundation in order to build onto that, to do something more beyond that and to get greater. So it is definitely showing me that the things I have learned in my sport are very applicable in every other aspect of my life. And those are things that we're learning from the guests that we have on, from the athletes to the coaches to the experts. These are all things that they're teaching us. Like one thing you'll hear in every single athlete story that has been on this show has had some kind of struggle, some kind of trial. They have hit the wall in some way and they had to find a way around it. It's really, really beautiful to see that across sports. I love diving. I love my own sport. I love gymnastics, what I came up in. But I love hearing from athletes of all different sports because we have different sorts of challenges. And so we may look at it from a different angle or a different perspective. But a lot of the ways we choose to go through it are very similar. So there's a lot of crossover, but the beauty about studying other sports and what other athletes have done is that sometimes it helps us think outside the box in our own sport. You know, and I'm talking to like Alana Myers-Taylor about her bobsledding and, and how she navigates that. And she has now, you know, got two kids in tow and she has found a nanny to travel with her to go to these amazing events. That's incredible. And I never would have thought about doing that when I had kids. It was just like, okay, honey, I hope you can stay here. And I guess nobody will come with me. Like it was just a really difficult time, but man, she is just making it work. So like, let's study what athletes of other sports have done to kind of get over those humps, to move through those obstacles, because they're looking at it differently than we are. They have different resources or different access, or they got scrappy in a different way and figured out a way through. Like, let's learn from each other. So that's the beauty and why I like to bring on athletes of all different sports on this show. And the coaches, hearing from coaches, because so many coaches were also athletes. And not all of them were great athletes. Some were great. Like we've had coaches on like Olympic gold medal coaches that were Olympians themselves, but maybe didn't rise to that full level or that maybe didn't even get to that level. But man, they have found a way to coach it. They see things from a totally different perspective, too, because their experience as an athlete was different, but they also have an athlete experience. And so learning how different coaches approach things and how they view things that can also shape the way that we are facing challenges or trying to prioritize things leading up to an event or, you know, maybe even how we're like periodizing. Is that a word? Like I'm thinking periodization, like how we're planning out our year. Like when do we go heavy? When do we kind of taper off? Like how do we build up for certain events? Like learning how different athletes and coaches from different sports are doing that can give you new ideas to try different things. And That's something, too, is that since everybody is doing something a little bit different, but yet finding these amazing successes, maybe what you're doing and you're doing it a certain way and it's not working. So maybe think outside the box a little bit. Try what somebody else is doing that has been successful for them, even if it's in a different sport. Like I dropped weightlifting at one point and started going heavy into plyometrics. Well, what did I do? 
I got a plyometrics workout from a basketball player because they jump. Those guys know how to jump. They're crazy. And so I was like, I want to try that. I'm telling you, just like six weeks into that, my vertical was improving by like two to four inches, like almost overnight, it felt like. And I was faster and stronger and just more capable. Don't necessarily stay inside your box, especially if you're trying to bust out of it to do something better or more than you're currently doing. So look at all these resources, try different things, listen to what other coaches are are offering, what other athletes have tried and learn from others. I think that is really, really beneficial. Like even if you're in an individual sport and you are up there, like I was up on the 10 meter doing your sport by yourself, you're not getting there by yourself. You are learning from coaches, learning from teammates, learning from other athletes, like all of these things come together to help make you great. So don't be afraid to look at all of those avenues to get help. Like we are not Superman and Superwoman going alone in this thing. It's only us and we've got to like just muscle through it. Like that's not really how it works. We have to come together. We have to have that community and that support system. And, you know, the experts that we've had on this show, we have had some phenomenal experts from broadcasters to sports psychologists to nutrition We have had all kinds of culture coaches, coaches that coach coaches, all kinds of different perspectives on that. And I think everybody brings something to the table. And again, like I may not agree 100% with every person that comes on this show, but man, everybody has something incredible to offer because they have done something awesome or they've thought in a different way. So again, take what you need and like leave the rest. Be inspired and soak in and absorb the things that you think could help you and let go of the rest. You don't have to do everything that somebody is suggesting do. Just stick onto those things that really feel like they could be a good fit for you and try those. When I had my oldest child, I remember kind of being crazy about nap time because she just would not go down for nap. She was so stubborn. I guess she got my jeans. But (laughs) I remember asking a friend like, how do I do this? Like, how do I get her down to sleep? How do you make it work? Because my friend had several kids and she goes, well, Laura, sometimes you just have to try a few different things and see what works for you guys. And I was like, no, no, I want you to tell me how to do this. I was so used to being told by a coach, this is what you need to do. Now go execute it. It was very black and white in my head. Like, okay, this is what we should do. Now I can go do it. I could execute a plan like nobody's business. But coming up with the plan, I didn't know how to do that. That was a new experience for me, this trying and failing again, you know, of my own accord, you know, not trying what I know I'm supposed to do, just trying random things to see if it works. And so that was really difficult for me. But it was also a great skill because it did teach me how to think outside the box a little bit more. So anytime you are up against something that you are not sure how to execute on, listen to some other people's idea. Don't be afraid to try different things, to try several different things to see what works. Give it enough time to see if it sticks, to see if it works for you. Don't be afraid to try several different things. I think another huge takeaway from all of these episodes, talking to all of these amazing people, is that sports really are 99% mental. We put in so much physical training. We spend so much time training our bodies to do these incredible things. But then if we haven't spent the time training our minds to do these incredible things, when the pressure's on, when it counts the most, we can't do it in that moment. Some people are very natural at this. Again, we all have different strengths and weaknesses, both physically and mentally. Some people naturally just figure out how to do that. And they're doing it every day in practice, whether they realize it or not. Other people 
are not and it's not their strength and maybe they beat themselves up inside or they panic and start comparing themselves, whatever it may be. We all have different weaknesses there and different things that break us down. But there is an opportunity for us to train our minds to prepare for these big moments and all of the great, like when you go back and listen to Apollo Ono's episode and he used mindset so much and he will tell you like, it was just my consistent daily habits and my daily grind and these little things that I did that made all the difference in the end. But his mindset was so strong and just like, I am committing to this and I'm choosing to believe that this is going to work. Whether it will or not, I have to be all in. I have to be invested in this. And he would visualize so much to the point that even during rehabilitation, he was visualizing his body healing itself. You guys have probably, if you have heard any episode, you probably heard me talk about some visualization and how much I used that when I was injured and even afterwards. But I never thought about visualizing my healing, my physical healing of my body. Like the mind is so powerful. And the more I've learned about it, we've had some amazing sports psychiatrists on here and sports psychologists on here that will tell you exactly what your mind can do and how it can make or break you in so many ways. We need to utilize that. It can be a superpower for you if other people aren't doing it and you take that seriously and start training your mind in different ways that you will be more confident heading into these competitions. You will feel better. You will enjoy it more. That's something I think a lot of people don't realize is that when you take the time and effort to train your mind to grow more confident in what you're doing, you will actually enjoy your sport more too. Instead of just beating yourself into a pulp, going after this thing, and then you're getting to the end of this road and you're not even remembering why you're doing it anymore and you're just tired and you just want that relief and for it to be over. Instead, if you take time to actively train your mind in the process, separate expectations from goals, from pressure, from all of these things, and you learn how to be in the moment and remember that you love what you're doing and have this purpose and this why, you will find so much more fulfillment in your sport. And then whether or not you hit that quote unquote gold, you will feel good about what you've done. You will feel good about your journey, about your pursuit, and you will walk away with amazing memories and a skill set to last you a lifetime. But if we just simply beat our bodies into these sports machines to do this performance, maybe you'll do well in the competition. Maybe you won't. But regardless, a lot of those people end up after their sport just glad it's over, it's done, they never want to do it again, or they have bad memories and they're just like, I hated that, I wasted my life doing this. You know, which way do you want to go? I've seen both ways happen a lot of times. So finding fulfillment in your sport carries a lot of weight outside of your sport too, outside of the pool or the track or the gym or whatever it is. Like to find that fulfillment in your sport also helps you feel fulfilled outside of your sport. And again, like a lot of people on this show have talked about having a purpose and finding their why and what their motivation is, finding that reason to continue going when things get hard, because we know based on all these stories, things will get hard at some point. If they're not yet, if they haven't already been, they're going to hit a hard at some point. And we need that motivation to keep going. What is yours? Because that purpose can also drive fulfillment and make you feel good about what you are doing in and outside of your sport, fulfilling yourself in your life. When I really think about it, the athletes that I coach, the people that I'm teaching, I want for them so much more than just to reach goals, win medals, earn some titles. 
I want them to find fulfillment in their sport. I want you to find fulfillment in your sport or whatever it is that you're doing. Don't just be a high achiever. Be a high achiever that has a fulfilled life, that is truly living, not just basing their whole existence on whether or not the accomplishment happens, because that's just a recipe for failure, for depression, for disaster, for separating yourself from friends and family. Like that is not a way to live. And having been in the pool, out of the pool, back in the pool, back out of the pool, there is so much more to life than our sports. I have a medal, an Olympic gold medal, the epitome of my sport, the best thing that you can do in my sport. I have that. It is now 23 and a half years old. It has been dropped. I let people touch it and wear it. So it has been rubbed on some of the gold plating. That's right. It is not pure gold. Some of the gold plating has been rubbed off and you can see underneath the ribbon. It is beautifully embroidered, says Sydney on it. And this elegant thread, it's unraveling. It's 23 years old. It was an amazing moment. The journey to it was the best part. Sydney on the podium was awesome. It was a dream come true, you guys. It was, yes, the coolest thing, but it was over like that. And now what? There's still life to live. As great as that moment was, the memories that I have are incredible, but it was not everything. I don't want to be buried with that thing. I don't even look at it on the daily. Like people think, oh, I would wear it everywhere. I would look at it all the time. I would hang it here. No, it's like hidden in a bag somewhere in my house. Like I bring it out for events and stuff because I know it inspires others because it inspired me when I saw Josh Davis's three gold medals after the 1996 Atlanta games. I was a freshman at University of Texas and he brought them to the pool, changed my life because it inspired me. And I realized that real people can get these real things that I'd seen on TV. So I bring it to people and I want to inspire them in that way. But it is not what I live for now. It is not a huge part of me. A lot of people know me as my kid's mom or my husband's wife because he's a pastor at our church. And I love that because I am more than just Laura the Diver. I am Lala the Diver. You guys might know me as Lala the Diver. That was my nickname for a long time. But I'm more than that. There's a beautiful part of it. And I love that. And it's very much who I am. But I am also other things. I love that it's a great part of my history. But that is not what I live for. So again, to bring it back to what so many of our guests have said, that it's about the journey. It's about the pursuit of gold. Gold is a great goal. It is something admirable to work for and to try and achieve, but it's the pursuit that makes you who you are, that makes you incredible. You don't stand up on the podium and become a champion. You have to become a champion in the dark when nobody is watching in those days, weeks, months, years leading up to that moment that you get to stand on top of the podium. You don't get to the top of the podium and suddenly everything changes. You have to change in order to stand on top of that podium. You have to change in the pursuit. It's the pursuit of gold that makes you a champion. So thank you. If you have been here for a single episode or all 100, I am so thankful that you're here. You are why I'm continuing to do this and become consistent and bring you all these amazing athletes, coaches, and experts to help you because I want you to grow into the athlete and the person that you want to be. I am your biggest fan. Thank you so much for being here and supporting me on this journey. And now I want to keep supporting you on yours. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. And please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. This allows us to keep bringing on amazing guests, and it also helps other athletes to find this show. Make sure to check out the show notes to follow us on social media and learn more about our awesome guest. To hear all of our amazing episodes, head on over to thepursuitofgold.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Pursuit of Gold is proud to be a Podigy production. That's all for now. Make sure to tune back in next week.